0: Remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that delves into lives and legacies of notable figures on the anniversary of their passing. Today we're focusing on Meyer Lansky, a figure renowned for his role in the American organized crime scene of the 20th century. Known as the mob's accountant, Lansky was a key player in the development of the National Crime Syndicate in the United States. His involvement in gambling operations, both legal and illegal, across the country and in Cuba, along with his reputed financial acumen, made him one of the most powerful and elusive characters in the underworld. Today marks the 40th anniversary of his passing. So without any further ado, let's delve into the shadowy world and intriguing story of Meyer Lansky. Part 1. A New World in Early Ventures, 1902-1920 Meyer Lansky, originally named Meyer Sochowalansky, was born on July 4, 1902, in Grodno, a small town in then the Russian Empire, what is now part of Belarus. His early life there was marked by poverty and the harsh realities of living in a Jewish shittal under the oppressive policies of the Russian Tsars. These early experiences would shape Lansky's worldview and his relentless pursuit of security and prosperity. In 1911, seeking a better life, Lansky's family emigrated to the United States, settling in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This neighborhood teeming with immigrants from various backgrounds offered a melting pot of opportunities and challenges. It was here that Lansky's journey into the underworld began. He quickly learned to navigate the rough streets where survival often depended on wit and toughness. As a young boy, Lansky's intelligence stood out. He excelled in mathematics, showing an innate ability for numbers and calculations. A skill that would later earn him the moniker, the mob's accountant. However, the limited opportunities and pervasive poverty in his community steered him towards the path of crime. Lansky's foray into the criminal world started with small-time ventures He met Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, a fellow Jewish immigrant, in the neighborhood. Their friendship would evolve into one of the most infamous partnerships in the history of American organized crime. Together, they formed the Bugs and Meyer mob, which dabbled in various illegal activities, including theft and gambling. The Prohibition era, starting in 1920, presented new opportunities for Lansky and his associates. He saw the potential in illegal bootlegging and quickly got involved, demonstrating his knack for organizing and managing complex operations. Lansky's role in these ventures was typically behind the scenes, where he was most comfortable and effective. He handled the finances, managed the books, and ensured that their operations ran smoothly and profitably. It was during these formative years that Lansky developed his business philosophy, which was based on cooperation, organization, and keeping a low profile. Unlike many of his contemporaries, he had avoided flamboyance and instead focused on building a solid, sustainable criminal enterprise. Lansky's Discretion and strategic thinking not only set him apart in the criminal underworld, but also helped him to avoid the attention of law enforcement, a factor that contributed significantly to his longevity and success in organized crime. Part 2. Rise in the Mob and the National Crime Syndicate, 1920-1940 The 1920s and 30s marked a period of rapid ascent for Meyer Lansky in the world of organized crime. The end of Prohibition in 1933 didn't damper Lansky's criminal endeavors. Instead, it redirected them. With his acute business sense and strategic acumen, Lansky transitioned into other areas of illegal activity, notably gambling. During this time, Lansky's partnership with Benjamin Bugsy Siegel flourished. They expanded their operations, delving into gambling rackets, including casinos and racetracks both in the U.S. and abroad, particularly in Cuba. Lansky's talent for organization and financial management was crucial in these ventures. He was responsible for streamlining operations and maximizing profits, a role that he executed with precision and discretion. One of Lansky's most significant achievements during this period was his involvement in the formation of the National Crime Syndicate, a confederation of Italian and Jewish American criminal organizations. This was a revolutionary concept, effectively creating a national crime network that transcended ethnic lines, something unprecedented in the largely segmented world of organized crime of this era. Lansky, with his close associate, Charles Lucky Luciano, was instrumental in establishing this syndicate, which played a key role in organized crime for decades to come. In the 1930s, Lansky and Luciano established a series of gambling operations in Florida and New Orleans, and later extended their reach into Cuba. Lansky's ability to forge strategic alliances was evident with his dealings with Cuban dictator Fulgencio Batista, with whom he developed a mutually beneficial relationship. Under this arrangement, Lansky expanded his casino and narcotics operations on the island, providing substantial revenue for both the syndicate and Batista's regime. Despite the illegal nature of his activities, Lansky was known for his insistence on honesty and order in his operations. He had a strict policy against the use of violence in his gambling operations, believing that it was just bad for business. This approach set him apart from many of his contemporaries, who often resorted to brutality to settle disputes. Lansky's influence wasn't limited to the underworld, however. He also had connections in high places. He used these connections to protect his interests and expand his empire. His network included politicians, law enforcement officials, and business leaders, which he leveraged to avoid scrutiny and legal consequences. By the end of the 1930s, Meyer Lansky had become a key figure in American organized crime. His role as the mob's accountant was solidified and his influence extended far beyond the streets of New York. Lansky had not only survived the volatile world of organized crime, but thrived, setting the stage for further expansion and influence in the coming decades. His strategic mind, business acumen, and ability to navigate complex landscapes and the complex landscapes of the criminal underworld had firmly established him as one of the most powerful and enigmatic figures in the history of the American Mafia. Part 3: The Havana Empire and Legal Challenges, 1940 to 1970. The 1940s to the 1970s marked a period of both remarkable expansion and significant challenges for Meyer Lansky. His empire reached its zenith during these years, particularly with his ventures in Cuba, but he also faced increasing legal scrutiny in the United States. Lansky's Cuban chapter began in the 1940s when he recognized the island was an untapped paradise for gambling and leisure. With the cooperation of the Cuban dictator Batista, Lansky played a pivotal role in transforming Havana into a gambling haven for American tourists. He spearheaded the development of luxurious casinos and hotels, turning Havana into the Latin Las Vegas. These establishments were not just centers of gambling, they were also hubs of glamour and sophistication, attracting celebrities, politicians, and affluent business people. Lansky's operations in Cuba were immensely profitable, and he was revered as the gambling czar of Havana. However, Lansky's Cuban Empire came to an abrupt end with the Cuban Revolution in 1959. Fidel Castro's regime seized control of the casinos, nationalizing all foreign businesses. This was a significant financial blow to Lansky, as he lost a major source of income and had to reallocate all of his focus back to the United States. Back in America, Lansky's success and growing notoriety brought him under the scrutiny of law enforcement. The 1950s and 60s saw him facing multiple legal challenges, including accusations of tax evasion and other criminal activities. Despite numerous investigations and a few arrests, Lansky proved to be Teflon in the legal system. His careful management of his operations, combined with his network of connections and the use of frontmen, made it incredibly difficult for authorities to pin anything significant on him. He was famously quoted as saying, We're bigger than U.S. Steel, a statement reflecting both the scope of his operations and his confidence in evading the law. During this time, Lansky also made significant moves within the United States, expanding into Las Vegas and other parts of the country. His influence in Vegas was particularly notable, as he played a key role in shaping the city's development into a gambling mecca. Lansky understood the potential of Las Vegas early on, and was a behind-the-scenes force in many of the city's casino operations. Despite the pressures from law enforcement, Lansky continued to be a major player in organized crime throughout the 60s. However, the landscape was changing. The increasing government crackdown on organized crime and internal strife within the Mafia began to erode the power structures that Lansky had helped to build. As the 1970s approached, Meyer Lansky was not only facing legal battles, but also challenges of maintaining his standing in an underworld that was becoming increasingly volatile. His journey from a streetwise immigrant to a kingpin of organized crime was marked by cunning, strategy, and an uncanny ability to stay ahead of the law. However, the closing years of this chapter saw the once-touchable Lansky confronting the vulnerabilities and limitations of his criminal empire. Part 4. Final Years and Legacy, 1970-1983 to The final chapter of Meyer Lansky's life spanning from the 1970s to his death in 1983 was a period marked by diminishing power, legal battles, and a search for sanctuary, ultimately concluding with a quiet end, far from the criminal empire he had once commanded. In the early 1970s, faced with mounting legal pressures in the United States, Lansky sought refuge in Israel, invoking the Law of Return, which allows any Jewish person to settle in Israel. He attempted to retire there. However, his respite was short-lived. The U.S. government exerted significant diplomatic pressure on Israel for its extradition, leading to a prolonged legal battle. In 1972, after two years of legal wrangling, the Israeli Supreme Court ruled that Lansky did not qualify for citizenship and he was deported back to the United States. Upon his return, Lansky faced a series of indictments and legal challenges. Remarkably, even in these twilight years, his famed luck with the legal system persisted. In 1973, he was acquitted of tax evasion charges and other cases against him either collapsed or were dropped due to lack of evidence. The once feared mom accountant, who had managed to keep a low profile while amassing and laundering vast sums of money, seemed to have lost his Midas touch, yet remained largely untouchable by the law. The 1970s also saw the decline of Lansky's influence in the organized crime world. The traditional structures of the Mafia were being dismantled by law enforcement and new players were emerging. Lansky, now in his 70s, was no longer the power broker he'd once been. His health was deteriorating, and he spent his remaining years living quietly in Miami Beach, a shadow of the influential figure he once was. Meyer Lansky passed away on January 15, 1983, from lung cancer. He died a relatively free man, considering his extensive criminal past. At the time of his death, his reported fortune, once estimated to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars, had mysteriously vanished. Rumors persisted that he had stashed away millions in Swiss bank accounts, but no substantial evidence of such fortunes ever surfaced. Lansky's legacy in the annals of organized crime is truly complex. He is remembered as a criminal mastermind, a genius of finance and organization who transformed the nature of organized crime. His influence extended beyond the underworld. He was a pioneer in the development of the gambling industry, particularly in Las Vegas and Havana. Yet, he was also a figure shrouded in mystery, a man who managed to maintain a relatively low profile despite his significant role in some of the most notorious criminal enterprises of the 20th century. In the end, Meyer Lansky's life story is emblematic of the American underworld in the mid-20th century. A tale of immigration, ambition, cunning, and ultimately the fleeting nature of power and influence in the shadowy world of organized crime. His journey from the tenements of the Lower East Side to the pinnacle of the Mafia hierarchy, and then to a quiet life in Miami Beach, serves as a testament to both his criminal genius and the inevitable decline that comes with such a life. And that concludes today's episode on Meyer Lansky, a figure whose cunning and financial expertise carved a significant place for him in the annals of American organized crime. He's also who died today, January 15th. If you're intrigued by his complex world and the complex world of the mob, and you kind of want to learn more about Lansky's role in shaping the criminal landscape of his era, please follow our Instagram at Today. Don't forget to rate us and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and try to subscribe. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we continue to uncover the stories of individuals whose lives, though controversial, have been a part of the intricate tapestry of history. I'm your host Peter, thank you for joining us in exploring the enigmatic legacy of Meyer Lansky.